Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Alistair Clayton. He's the Executive Director at Artemis Resources, who are a gold and copper-focused resources company with major assets in the Pilbara, which is in Western Australia, at their Patterson Central and Carlo Castle uh, operations or mines, should I say. Um, Alistair has a considerable amount of experience with raising capital for ASX and AIM-listed companies, as well as extensive experience in evaluating and financing large-scale projects. Um, so he's on the podcast today to tell us a little bit more behind Artemis Resources and what they're looking to achieve in the future. So that's welcome, Alistair, to the podcast. How are you doing, Alistair? Yeah, good day, Rob. Yeah, really well. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I appreciate your time. Um, even though with an Australian accent, you're you're based here in the UK. Sure. So uh, sure. you're not not too. We're not too far away from each other. Um, so, just wanted to give give us a little bit of background about your about your career. So, sure. obviously, before how you got into the industry, sort of up to current day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, thanks again, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, didn't want to be a desk jockey, so I became a geologist instead. I suppose that's the short answer. Uh, growing up in Western Australia, it was a, a not uncommon. Uh, not uncommon career path, given the sort of prevalence and the strength of the mining industry. Um, worked out in the bush for many, many years. Uh, then uh, been very lucky with the people I've worked with, worked for a couple of very well on entrepreneurs, Tony Polly, who set up Aquila Group and sold that for a couple of billion. And then economist Andrew John Henry Forrest, who's obviously founder and I just say a holder of Fortescue Metals Group, the biggest iron ore miner in the world. Came to this fair country oh, 20, 20 odd years ago. Um, having been involved in the construction and finance and construction of the Murrin Murrin Nickel Cobalt Plant, which is still the biggest nickel plant in the world, owned by uh, in, in Australia, still owned by Glencore, a uh, massive producer. Um, and then, yeah, worked in various jobs in the city and then couldn't get away from mining and and, and sort of got back involved in projects, mainly in Africa. Uh, some of your listeners might be familiar with uh, in the past. We uh, had a uranium company called Bannerman, which was quite a large company, still going, um, based in Namibia. And then uh, I was uh, a director of a company called Extract, which is an ASX 100 company, uh, representing the main shareholder, who many of your listeners will know, Kalahari Minerals. And uh, we sold that business in 2012 for a couple of billion dollars. I think we were the second or third largest AIM exit ever. Um, and since then, um, been involved uh, on an explorationist by heart. I believe that's where core value is created. Um, and been involved in a couple of companies, um, a coal company, Universal Coal PLC. We just went from Cornfields to Dividend Payer, taken over a few years ago, um, producing 10 million tonne of coal per annum. We took that through the cycle. Um, and then, like everyone, mate, just really interested in gold, gold copper deposits. Um, you've got a map behind your uh, head. Um, the number of countries where I was willing to invest my money is rapidly shrinking and probably still to this day is shrinking um, to uh, sensible jurisdictions. And then that led on to Artemis uh, and how I got involved in terms of taking it over, recapitalising it and uh, and doing a full turnaround to, to where we are today. 
So, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the basic CV. Yeah, so just wonder if you can uh, tell us a little bit about Artemis Resources. Obviously, some of our audience may uh, may have heard of them, especially our Australian listeners and maybe UK listeners, but our North American friends and people in Africa and all around the rest of the world may have not heard about Artemis. So I just wanted to give us a brief introduction about the company and talk about uh, talk through your uh, core assets. Yeah, sure, sure. Look, look, Artemis probably most famous along with Novo Resources. Um, uh, a, a gold nugget story. Uh, gosh, oh, five six years ago, um, the company uh, had uh, quite a large market cap um, in the sort of gold squeeze that sort of eroded away, and to the point that when I was approached by uh, a bunch of investors to put some money in um, Arlington Group out of Mayfair, uh, we put some money into the company. Uh, we liked the assets, and then eventually we we put some more money in, and we decided that we actually wanted to sort of install management, as it were. Um, subsequent to that, we basically picked up a really undervalued company that had, geez, quite a cacophony of projects, um, a couple of gems within them. Um, you know, you can't you can't progress 10 projects at one time, let alone as a major, let alone as a, as, as a small company. So over the last two years, be it through cash sales, share sales, joint ventures, IPOs, we've managed to took the portfolio back, uh, raised a hell of a lot of money doing it, saved a hell of a lot of money doing it, uh, and really just focus on our two core projects. Um, along the way, we brought in new management. We actually announced a new director this morning, Vivian Powell, uh, part of the CEO Parenti Investments uh, in Australia. She's uh, also a metallurgist and has joined the team. Um, as far as the directors go, we've brought in right people. We've got Mark Potter, CIO of um, Metal Tiger Group, who many of you have of your uh, listeners might know out of here in London. Um, and we've just brought the right people in for the right time. We've got quite a large board at the moment. We'll probably streamline that in time. But at the moment, we've got the right team, take the assets forward. So what are we, what are we focusing on? Um, we are focusing on uh, the Carlo Castle gold project, uh, gold copper project. And some, as you'll see soon, almost also copper gold project, if that makes any sense. Um, and we're also focusing on... Uh, the Patterson Central Project, which will be very thematic to, geez, I would have thought, 99% of your listeners as we've followed the Great and Gold story. But it really has been a turnaround. Um, look, we've got a few noses out of join as we've done it. Some people still complaining about things that happened six years, seven, ten years ago. Look, I'm afraid they just deal with it and move on. Um, basically, we've got the company right where we want it, like many companies, as we were speaking off camera this morning. Facebook and virtually every listed company in the world. We've been absolutely battered lately. Um, but I'll go into some depth in a minute about our key projects and, and what to look out. Yeah. Um, why, why have you sort of, uh, I suppose, specifically focused around the Pilbara area? Um, yeah. And how do you see the area developing as a mining jurisdiction? Obviously, it's a, it's a well-known uh, throughout the world as a, um, obviously, I suppose, iron ore, iron ore. Yep. Um, district, but mm. obviously it seems to me there is nuggets of gold around. Um, sure. So yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. And look, if you told me three, four, five years ago that I'd be, you know, edit, trying to, you know, heading up a company with the team exploring for gold and copper in the Pilbara, to be frank, I probably would have laughed at you, uh, because every every West Australian geologist with their with their salt, a gold geologist worked around for the Kalgoorlie and the Southern gold fields, and and you know. The Pilbara was just for iron ore and liquefied natural gas, and you know you'd, you'd never go there. 
look, quite simply, you know, it's the old story, you know, when the facts change, my, our opinions change and, and, and there's, been, uh, there's been clues to great gold discoveries, oh, gosh, for 100 years uh, in that part of the world. But, you know, it, it was never quite, unquote, taken seriously. Um, what's changed? Well, discoveries, discoveries change everyone's perception. I don't know, i point to the, the two obvious ones. Firstly, uh, Hemi uh, de Grey. Um, I know some of the team there. Um, what a great 10 million ounce discovery just south of Port Hedland, about 120 k's uh, to the uh, east, uh, northeast of us. Um, who would have thought it? 10 million ounces and growing, probably going bigger. Um, and that is a world class discovery in anyone's books. Um, so that changed everyone's opinion. Um, and then, of course, the great Javier on Discovery, which some of your listeners will probably know quite a big advocate of uh, in terms of our investment company and, 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 and looking at that early on. And look, to be frank, uh, it was really the Patterson story that, 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 that helped me get involved in Artemis and certainly um, you know, is, 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 is a huge part of the upside in, in our story. But, yeah, totally. Who would have thought it? You know, Gold Copper Province in the Pilbara, you know. That's why we uh, geology always makes a fall of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about the Patterson story. Sure. Look, absolutely. Look, and again, just to sort of clarify for those that haven't been through our presentation, we've got two core projects, I suppose. We sort of, well, three really. We've got the West Pilbara, which is south of, literally 20 kilometres south of Caratha, uh, which, is the big, which is the big mining and gas hub um, in the Pilbara region. Uh, and that's a gold copper project. We also own the Radio Hill plant there um, that many, some people may have forgotten or don't know. And we'll be talking about more. That's the market soon. Um, and then, of course, we've got the Patterson, which is about, oh, geez, uh, five, 600 Ks away. And we basically surround the Great and got through good luck and good management. We surround the, uh, we, we surround the Javier on Discovery on three sides. Um, the Javier deposit, as, as, as we all know, is probably one of the great gold discoveries of the last 20 years, certainly in Australia, easily. Um, could be the greatest discovery of the last 20 years. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, a little a little AIM explorer called Greatman Gold was toiling away out there, Callum and, and Gervais and the team, and and just the dream of all explorers. They've, they've discovered one of the, a, a massive gold copper system Probably some other metals down there as well, we're led to believe. And and the rest is history. That's now sort of under construction. There's a decline going down. I think I can't remember what the last resource was, it was eight or ten million ounces, but I, I I've been on record since 2018 saying it'll be 20 plus million ounces. Um I'm more than happy to stand by that number, maybe even more. So, you know, something a real unique opportunity, uh, off the word, you know, unique, but you know, as I say to our investors, um, when would you ever get a chance to drill next to a virgin 20 million ounce type discovery in Western Australia? And the answer is never. Well, certainly not since about 1890. So um, it's a pretty unique opportunity. Um, and through exploration, we want to cap it. Um, you recently announced drilling at the Osborne Nickel target. Uh, yep. It was underway. Um, just wondering what the potential is there. Yeah, sure. Look, look Osborne's uh, back over on the Western side, the West Pilbara. Um, we don't own 100% of the project. The company's joint venturing in paying for that. That was one of our spin-outs. And again, it's all about reducing. And, and I think I think some critical shareholders of us divesting projects are probably eating their words now as the sort of tide goes out a bit on the market. Everyone's looking at how much money you've got. Exactly. I've seen many cycles. 
exactly why you don't have 10 projects. But Osborne, we are, we, 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 we were still at 49%. It's a very discreet nickel-style target, a, a conductor. It's, a, it's an aeromagnetic um, uh, feature. Well, it's actually a VTEP feature. Um, and it's never been drilled. Why has it never been drilled? Because previous companies that owned it couldn't get heritage clearance. Um, our team have managed to get heritage. That's uh, local Aboriginal sign-off. Uh, heritage clearance to do it, and we've just started drilling there. So that is a what I call a high alpha opportunity. Uh, the conductor is something. What it is, it could be a big lump of nickel. It could be a big lump of sulfidic shale. We don't know. Uh, and we're drilling it now to find out. And, you know, one thing I would say is sulfide nickel deposits in good markets or bad uh, or huge value. So, yeah, that's a nice little uh, a nice little uh, exploration story within a story that's going on over in the West Melbourne. Yeah, and um, you just mentioned obviously heritage clearance, and previous companies were unable to do that. What yep. were some of the challenges that you faced? Oh, look, you know, I mean, heritage is a is a big issue. You know, as as a as a sort of broad comment, we find Aboriginal communities, and there are multiple different communities um, that you engage with, uh, are broadly supportive of the industry. You know, it's a sort of uh, maybe inner city Melbourne or Sydney view that Aboriginal communities are against mining and all this is just rubbish because they actually these people live up there and they they work at these operations so there's a general layer of support but look in terms of the west pilbara it was just a our timing was good and and, and some good engagement on, on getting access to that project okay um other projects say for example the patterson's you know heritage is it, it's it's a really involved process and it, it's not a process that begins or ends it's a continual dialogue and negotiation and working with all sorts of people to make sure that the, the right outcomes. But look, heritage is a process and it's it's an ever-evolving process for us. We've got specialist people that work full-time for us to manage this, and that's fine. Um, we, we largely have the heritage approvals we want across the board of our projects. Um, but, yeah, you know, with discovery and hopeful development, you know, that process just continues. It's, it's, it, it has no natural ending. It's a constant stakeholder engagement. Um, what other projects in the portfolio are you most uh, excited about? Well, look, to be honest, we, you know, we had sort of 10, as 10 distinct projects. We've now got two. It's those, it's definitely those two. So just to sort of give you a sort of 10,000 foot, you know, snapshot and obviously our website and, and, and various presentations and, and upcoming news flow, you'll be able to follow it a lot more closely. Look, we've got a couple of sort of, we've got a couple of, well, we've got three key strengths to the company, right? Well, more. First of all, we've got money. Okay, so what you're going to see now, the tide's gone out a bit. Everyone's share price has been hammered. Like I said, it's not just ours. It's not just the mining industry. When Facebook's off 60%, is what it is. We don't have to undertake life-changing dilution at these rubbish levels. Okay, we've got we've got a really good cash runway to keep spending on our exploration. We watch the pens as we always do, but we've got good cash runway. Our projects are in the right jurisdictions, as I've said. Tick box. You know, there's enough risk out there with what we do. I don't want to take stock and risk. And lastly, obviously, it's the projects themselves. Carla Castle with the Radio Hill plant nearby. Uh, Carla Castle is a gold, copper, and some place copper gold resource that we're drilling. And we're working on a new resource update now. Um, what we're looking to do, if this makes any bizarre sense, Rob, is we're looking to we're looking to shrink it to grow it. We want to make it a high-quality, higher-grade project, okay? And what do I mean by that? We've got an aspiration for a combined gold sort of proper grade of somewhere around two grams or something like that from an open pit perspective. That puts you in, uh, you know, that puts you in a good sort of quartile 
of potential cost production. Yeah, you know, we, we don't have a million ounces yet, but we're working towards it and we feel our only limitation on that is drilling. We've got, you'll see, we've got our new cross-cut deposits, we've got our Western Zone deposits, we've got a really interesting, slightly different project emerging to the south called, called, called Chapman. Um, and I know I promised this on a few of these lately, but uh, we're getting assays and everything is so slow at the moment, but, you know, we'll be in news again soon and people start to see the fruits of that labour. So that creates a base valuation for us, right? Okay, so we want to put ounces in the ground at a really good grade in a really good jurisdiction with all the exploration upside. Well, what's that worth? Well, there's all sorts of metrics and smarter people than me could say that. We had the Radar Hill plant. We've got that on the balance sheet. It was a nickel plant. We've got that on the balance sheet at about $20 billion. I think it's a lot more than that. It is not ready to start producing gold or nickel or anything, but I've just had some engineering work overview done on it. The, the crushed grind circuit looks really good. Flotation circuit, which is how you would extract a copper especially, uh, is probably a bit old and needs to be replaced. But there are more than the bones of a, of a regional plant there. Importantly, it has a lot but not all of the permits to operate. So that's, there's a huge time runway. And obviously in this ever-rising CapEx environment, um, having a lot of that capital already deployed in a plant, yes, it's going to need money to spend to change it, upgrade it, finish it, etc. That's just a that's just a huge bonus for us, and then of course again, what probably ninety nine percent of your listeners here in the UK are really excited about is the Patterson, you know. And until we make a discovery, well, fine. But you know, I, I point out to people, uh, we own one hundred percent of our project. We have we are the only junior in the area that has retained one hundred percent of all their ground. Okay, so we we've retained all of our ground under one hundred percent banner. Uh, why is that? Because we've got a great discovery next door, and if we can make a discovery, then we can leverage off that position. Um, in terms of time frame, what's the space? Again, making an absolute mug out of myself, you know, talking about time frames over the last three to six months has been a, a, a fool's errand um, because I think everyone knows how tight it is. I mean, it's as we were saying off camera, you know, trying to fly around the world, trying to buy a new car. I mean, supply chains are stretched horrendously around the world, and no more so than in the mining. But look, I'm, I'm pleased to, you know, we will be off and running in the Pattersons again. And I know I've said that recently, but we genuinely will be. And we will be talking to shareholders about that. And then yeah, what's it worth? We've got a market cap of $50 million, $45 million. We've got 10 or 11 in liquidity. We've got a plant worth 20. Uh, what is the market saying? Both of our projects are worth zero because that's kind of what they're saying at the moment. So, you know, that's, that's the sales pitch, Rob. Uh, when you've been, you, should, you know, and the last thing I point out from our share price, ninety nine point nine nine percent of our shareholders have not sold a share in the last three months. Okay, unfortunately, shares, you know, in falling markets on thin, tiny liquidity and thin market, it's embarrassing, mate, where our share price is. But you know, the reason I'm confident and I've been buying shares, I'm obviously inside now, unfortunately, um, is is simply that reason. You know, we've got, we've finally got the company where we want it. Mark has a wobble, so be it. We're just getting on with the work. Yeah. But, I mean, if shares go down, that's even more reason to buy them. Sure. Sure. Look, you know, in terms of sort of the space, you know, I mean, gosh, you're seeing it everywhere. You know, you see, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not an eternal gold bull. I never have been. But, my God, 1800 US dollars an ounce. I mean, the Aussie dollar gold price is, I mean, what's wrong with that? Phenomenal. You know, I remember the last gold bust, it was $280 an ounce. You know, the gold price is great. 
the copper price, I know it's been smashed the last couple of weeks on LME, you know, puts and, and calls and all sorts of things. I can tell you that there are smart guys and gals in the city in London who can work out the demand side. You know, they work out how many pots and pans are Chinese, that the average Chinese uh, person's going to buy and all this and blah, 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 you know, and Teslas, et cetera. Buy, I'm sure they're really accurate and they're completely wrong on the supply side, okay? Uh, mines are not getting built. We work in the non-renewable sector. Mines in South America, uh, the United States, the big developments there have been held up under the Biden administration, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The supply side is looking shocking. So if you can have some near-term production, you are already seeing end users going down into the supply chain, down into levels they've never been before. And I don't mean the green cores of this world, I mean industrial users. Best example, obviously, is in the lithium space. We're seeing the car manufacturers directly do deals with companies. Well, I can tell you that we're starting to see those kind of interests coming down to our space uh, because people need material, nothing happens. So, yeah, I mean, it's always darkest before the dawn, but, you know, it's it just it's hard not to be bullish on metals prices. And, and the great thing about being in the expiration game is we don't have a CapEx event coming up. We can build our balance sheet back up when the sun's shining again next week, next month, next year. So yeah, it's um, it might not look it, but it's good times to be uh, it's good times to be part of the Artemis team. Yeah, and obviously speaking about uh, gold and copper, how do you see both gold and copper performing over the sort of coming years? And I suppose I'm not oh, going to ask about pr- price predictions either, but sure, how how would you sure. see it? Look, mate. Yeah, look on the gold side. Look, it's as I said, I'm not one of these sort of permanent gold bulls who's been calling it for the last 20 years. But geez, it's hard to make a bear case for gold at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we're we're seeing the effects of rampant monetary printing and N2 money expansionism, and well, guess what? We're all paying the price for it now. The, these lunatics that said governments could expand balance sheets indefinitely. Well, unfortunately, it's 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 you and I who are, are paying the price, right? Um, that's all we're seeing is excess liquidity coming out. So how can you be bearish with gold? But all I'll say is if, if, if you can tell us that gold price is going to just be where it is in the next three years, you've got to be happy with that. Still, it's fantastic how it is. It goes up a bit, bam, brilliant. On the copper side, as I alluded to, I, I, I follow the copper and nickel markets really closely. Um, again, supply side crunch. Um, mines are not being built. There is no supply. You know, supply is not coming on as 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 modelled. How can you not be bullish? And as I said, um, I think the, the most interesting dynamic that is playing out now that I haven't really seen before is is not just supply; it's the security supply. Um, so users saying that's great, you can deliver X thousand tons in year Y, but w- where are you again? Am I really going to get this material? Because guess what? I'm not going to get it through a trading hub in China because, you know, all those existential risks come home to roost. So, you know, it's hard not to be bullish the commodity space in general, mate. Um, and that that is not always my view, but it is my view now for sure. Yeah. How do you see the gold mining industry within the Pilbara? Um, obviously, you mentioned not long ago you wouldn't have even thought about doing any gold exploration in the Pilbara. How do you see it developing over the next five or ten years? Yeah, sure. Look, in, 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 in short, I think it's one of the, you know, it's got some, some, some real advantages to that uh, to, to, in terms of, and, and, and what do I mean by that? 
proximity, proximity to towns in the habitation and power water infrastructure. I mean, the great thing about being crisscrossed with, um, with you know, dotted with with iron ore mines is there's high voltage power lines. I'll give you an example, Carlo Castle, and I've said this before. You can get off a Quanta seven three seven and be standing on the project twenty minutes later. Okay, you do not even need a four wheel drive vehicle to get there. Now, all these things feed in, and I know with 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 Hemi and its proximity to you know to Headland and other infrastructure. Um, the geology is wide open. Um, and again, you know, sometimes it's it's just groupthink that makes people think there were gold deposits, so there weren't. Well, now there are and there is. So, you know, our, our model is very simple um, with our projects at the moment. You won't see talk of, it, you know, PFSs and feasibility studies and all that. We're just in the exciting bit, the, the resource discovery and growth model. Right? We're trying to make a... Hate the word premium products—the wrong word—but I think you know what I mean. We're trying to drink tons, but to raise grade. We want to be a higher grade operation because I think as us and other discoveries are made in the area, that's going to be key. Okay, um, you've obviously look. Hemi's a way away from us, but that shows what's possible. Uh, we've got a we've got plenty of land, and there's some other great explorers working around near us as well. And there's been a fabulous nickel discovery. I mean, gosh, kilometres from us uh, or less. Uh, just across the tenement boundary, and it shows what's possible, mate. So, yep, it's about trying to create a higher-grade resource and reserve. Make it as big as you can. I know this is all pretty obvious stuff, but, you know, it, it, if we could build a, the resource we want at, say, somewhere like Carlo Castle, I'll give you things we don't need to build that you, you often do. We don't need to build an airport. We don't need to build an accommodation town. We don't need to build a water pipeline. We don't need to build a power pipeline. We don't need to build roads. You know, all of these things feed in to what is attractive as a developer going forward, especially in inflationary times. So, yep, couldn't think of anywhere better. I, I recently took some, some some London people out to, to site and we described it as the world's best field trip. It's, it's, uh, it's that easy to get to. And as a conclusion, um, what can we see from Artemis over the remainder yep. of this year going into 2023? Yep. Yeah, funny. We actually had a board meeting this morning, um, and we were just talking about that. And and look, look, the feedback for us is we're lucky we've got money. Um, now, one should never assume that the um, you know, raising the next bit of money is ever going to be easy because historically it's not. Now, the last couple of years it has been easier, and I think we've seen larger capital raises. But clearly, investors are going to focus once the dust settles over the next month or two. People are going to focus more on the quality side, and that's that's what we're trying to brand ourselves as. You know. But we're going to be lucky to do that. We just need exploration success. You know, that's that's life. Uh, what can you expect is, is basically an execution of the plan that we've actually been talking about um, for the last you know, six, 12 months. Uh, continued work at Carlo. Okay. We, we basically did another 10 holes just recently, tracking on from the 35 holes we did, and all the results of those are coming out very, very soon. Um, and you see what that does and how that interplays, hopefully, with our new resource. Um, so you're going to be seeing that kind of work. And then, of course, the Pattersons, which is that high alpha drilling. I think we've got nine or ten holes in for the – confusingly, phase one was has straddled years now uh, because we ran into Christmas, et cetera, and, and we've had delays in getting our rig uh, availability back out, but we've got that now. Um, you're just going to see uh, the execution of the phase one at, at the Pattersons, which is going to involve uh, – and have a look on the maps. Apologies if you use the discrete number. But more drilling at Apollo and Atlas, then we're going to drill Juno and Voyager. These are all the sub-targets, Rob, within our um, – you have a look at our website. You'll be able to see them annotated there. Um, 
and 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 all of them uh you know and and then down to the south enterprise east enterprise west etc um you know the funny thing is I was, I was chatting to, to to someone the other day and i said oh you've been exploring out in the Patterson for a couple of years and you, you haven't made a discovery yet i said you know i get where you're coming from because it looks like we've been drilling out there for a couple of years between covid heritage uh waiting for heritage approvals waiting for drill rigs to actually turn up when they say they're going to and Christmas and weather and, and wet seasons, you know, we've done about 12 weeks drilling, okay? We have put holes into three sub-targets. We've only got 10 to go. I mean, we we, 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 we haven't, you know, the, out in the Pattersons, you can't just, and you can speak to the Greatland crew about it, you can't just pick up and move your chest piece to exactly where you want this. Logistics, heritage, geography, all sorts of boring reasons that shareholders don't really care about. But this is how we deal out in big grown-up desert. Um, we haven't even started our exploration, really. We've just started. So uh, it might seem like we've been waiting through treacle out there. We have. I can fully admit we have. Um, but, you know, we're about to have our first ever proper run at it because we're going to be drilling from July all the way up to December, and it's the first time I've had a proper run at a proper program and I'm hopeful we'll get through eight or nine holes at least before Christmas. Any one of those as Greatland shareholders and I was a very large Greatland shareholder thankfully can attest and change your life. So keep your appendages crossed is my advice Rob. Yeah. Alistair appreciate your time. Uh give us a give us an update um and in, and uh, introduction to Artemis resources um and obviously wish you well for the remainder of this year and ongoing um it sounds like a great project a great story um and can't wait to hear the uh fantastic results that you will that you will get eventually um because obviously like you said discovering gold in the pilbara is a rarity but it might not be a rarity soon so wish you well in your success if our audience wants to reach out to you if they've got questions sure. or find out information um, how can we go about doing that? Are you on any social media channels? Uh, mate, on Twitter, uh, at Artemis Resource. Um, look us up there. Um, I think uh, in terms of sort of contacting us through through our PR firm at Kamaka, get in touch. More than happy to talk to anyone. Uh, we will be ramping up the sort of uh, the presentational side in terms of doing some, some talks in London, et cetera, and I'm sure that we can arrange something at a pub where we can get some interested shareholders along to talk about all things so um I, i'm sure people will attest very approachable happy to chat you got some concerns and questions just give us a hi yeah again really appreciate your time alistair those that are listening hope you enjoyed the uh, episode uh, and please follow artemis and um, there's a great story there and like uh, alistair said trying to discover gold in the pilbara was was probably non-existent not long ago but it looks like there is obviously a lot of potential there. So please share this episode with friends, family, others, and all you guys listening in Australia, please share this and obviously around the world. Um, appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.